Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Valley Transportation. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. This podcast is also brought to you by AgDirect. No matter how you buy your ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Hello and welcome to the Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nelgear. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire. has been helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Chip Nellinger is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois. It's nice enough to come on once a week to talk about what's going on in the overall market. So, Chip, hey, how you doing, doing well, Casey. This thing's uh, still a work in progress and very interesting. These markets just uh, don't quit. Yeah, yeah they're, uh, we've seen a lot of volatility this week. You know, just look at Monday, things were sharply down. Tuesday, they were sharply up, and they were sharply down yesterday. And We'll see, you know, opening up down again today. So I guess as you take a look at, at kind of what you've seen so far this week, what's your thoughts thus far? Yeah, you know, I mean, the bean market's been such a straight up trajectory. It, it's overdue for a correction. We kind of saw that logical that it's right ahead of this uh, USDA report uh, that's yeah. coming out later yeah. this morning. And, um, you know, now soil is back on uh, a tear higher. Uh, you know, I mean, just like in the last three, four months, just everything you throw at these markets seems to be on the bullish side. You know, you got this inflation uh, picture underlying everything. This world vegetable oil situation is is not great. Uh, tight supplies, seems like it's getting tighter. It's got soy oil kind of leading us. You know, crude oil uh, still sitting here, 90-ish dollars a barrel. Uh, this Obviously, the South American uh, weather situation. And so, End users, I think, including China, have really been caught flat-footed by this. And any break, like you saw yesterday, you know, with beans at one point down 20, 21, 22 cents, it just doesn't hold. The end users rush in on every break and buy it because, um, you know, they don't have enough coverage out there. And now, um, you know, it, it's uncertain as to what the crop size is in, in South America. It's likely shrinking, not getting bigger. Uh, that's part of, you know, what's kind of underlying this thing on this report today. It won't really be about the U.S. numbers. They're not going to change production. They might tweak demand a little bit, but the focus is on South America, how much the USA is going to cut further. I think uh, tomorrow 
morning, we get uh, CONAB estimates. Um, so their own uh, government organization is going to put out what they think the Brazilian crop size is. So a lot of moving parts in here, but the bottom line is we're still very much entrenched in a, in a bull market. Uh, end users caught flat-footed. We've been selling a lot of beans here uh, recently over the last few weeks to China uh, for both old crop and new crop. That's not normal for this time of year with a a normal big crop uh, out of uh, Brazil. And, uh, you know, the fact that they're coming to the market, especially for new crop this early, is, I think, indication that, um, you know, we've got some supply issues in the world. So it, uh, it it's, it's very dynamic. And, you know, I think you, what you saw yesterday was child's play compared to what uh, we can expect going forward uh, is going to be tremendous volatility. Every time we've been north of $14 beans in history, you uh, typically have dollar and a half to $2 breaks, oftentimes before you even see the ultimate high. So, you know, 20, 30 cent break uh, off the highs is, is nothing. And I think you're going to see much more volatility ahead and likely haven't seen the highest prices uh, yet either. Having even talked about our growing season or acreage, Casey. So this thing is, uh, it's going right. to be very uncertain for months <laughs> yeah. to come. Yeah, it's crazy for the markets to be this crazy before we've even put a seed in the ground yet. You haven't even, we're not even guys are still getting planters ready. So, I mean, it's just, it's shocking to see how much, but it just shows you how much is going on in the world. I mean, few, before we started recording here, you and I were talking about, you know, Russia moving a few warships into the Black Sea. That's a, that's kind of a big deal. You know, and and that doesn't bode well for uh, you know easing tensions there between the Russian and Ukraine. I know thing. they continue to build troops there. It seemed like a week ago that uh, the sentiment cooled a little bit. Like, okay, you know, yeah. it's Russia. They the troops are in Russian territory. He can move his chess pieces wherever he wants. But this week, in my mind, it's taken on a little more uh, escalation. Uh, the troop counts just continue to build. You know, now he's kind of doing some naval maneuvers and, um, you know, the wheat market is, is kind of the, uh, you know, the, the, the ugly stepchild right now of the grain markets. It's, it's the short leg of, of spreads that feature long corn and long beans. But I, I tell you the funds are short a fair amount of wheat. And if this thing, uh, escalates, you'll see an explosion in wheat prices immediately. So I, for one, wouldn't want to be short uh, any wheat right now, but uh, the wheat market's a little slow to respond to that, but that's just another uncertain factor in there. Uh, you know, throw in the Federal Reserve who are supposed to raise interest rates next month in March. Uh, will yeah. they, won't they, how much? Um, what's their tone gonna be going forward? the financial markets and in, in particular, the federal reserve is really going to add some volatility to our commodity markets as well. Yep. Yeah. There was a, there was a report out that I was reading uh, before we started recording here and, you know, you take a look at what's going on there and you, and you're, you know, the phase one situation and all those kind of things that are happening there. Um, that's another thing that you know China's done really well during this phase one thing is just, oh, we're not going to buy anything. We're done buying from you. And then all of a sudden the prices go down and they come back in and they buy the dips. You know, Do you think that might be something that they're doing here with this phase one thing? I mean, obviously our, our relations with China right now are, are at all time lows. So, I mean, obviously there's probably some of that there. But 
they're going to continue to buy whatever they can from wherever they can except the U.S. until they have to buy from us. So I guess what's your thoughts on that whole phase one thing right now? Well, you know, I think that it was a one and done. I think there wouldn't have been a phase one deal right. uh, unless they acutely needed uh, those products. Stuff. You know? And yeah. it was yeah. uh, <laughs> it was a win for them because they were going to buy that stuff anyway. So why not get, you know, some political goodwill while they're at it? I'd be surprised if there's a phase two, quite honestly. I don't think, um, you know, we're strong enough at this point to enforce that and it's very clear if you read between the lines china's you know many years doing everything they can to secure raw materials and and food and feed ingredients from everywhere other than the united states we are the last resort um you know up until a year ago they they took the bulk of their corn from ukraine they've put billions of dollars into the port system in Brazil. They uh, essentially, you know, bought the main shipping port in Sydney, Australia. They've they've purchased uh, and gobbled up, you know, millions of acres of uh, the most productive part of Africa. Uh, you know, they've gotten in bed with Putin and Russia. We're the last thing on the line, uh, the last in the line. For, for for China. They may buy from us. They may continue buying from us, but it's only because they need it and they can't get it anywhere else. And they're fearful right now that Brazil has a shortfall of beans. So they're buying them from us because there's nowhere else in the world right. other than us to get the beans. And so, you know, whatever, whatever works for best for them, they're going to do. Um, and they're going to continue to do it. And the United States is going to be last on the line and and only if they need it. Well, I think that's something we're going to have to get used to. And, you know, it's all great right now. I, I've, I've been telling people and, and I'm not sure when, I'm not sure if it's nine months from now, 1836, one of these years, we're going to have a back-to-back big production uh, years out of both hemispheres and corn and beans. And, and we've got a problem then. We have a real problem. This thing will fall over the cliff and uh, it won't come back. Every break so far for three years has been bought and has rewarded people that don't sell. And and that's going to ha- continue for a little while here. The breaks will be bought. But one of these days, Casey, um, it's going to break. Everyone think, yeah, this time, just like all the other times, it'll come back and it's not going to come back. And uh, I don't think that's anytime soon. I just want to put a bug in everyone's ear that, this thing will turn right. one day back to back drought in, in Brazil and Argentina, you know, very minute possibility that hasn't happened many times in history. And it's, it's kind of saved us. It's bought us some more time, but one of these days we're going to have big crops and then South America is going to follow up with big crops. And uh, then we're going to be swimming in grain. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's take a look at what's going on over in the protein markets. Uh, Pulse, you know, beef prices continue to slide, especially on the box beef side of the of the, of the spectrum, and uh, you know the hogs continue to have a bullish run. So I guess you take a look at those two spectrums. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, unbelievable on the hog side, just continues uh, uh, to run. I mean, and, and kind of like you know, you mentioned earlier. Yeah, you know, typically we don't talk about massive bull markets in the grains and in January, February. Same thing in 
you know, in the Hawks, this isn't typically the strongest period of, uh, of the year for Hawks, but man, are they on fire. And I think it just goes back um, kind of to the inflation uh, thing. You know, we, we had such a disruption during the heart of COVID, the lockdowns and, and prices shot up you know, construction prices, all the input. We just didn't see the expansion uh, that you normally would have seen with high prices in hogs. Um, I think because of the, you know, just didn't pencil out. It was too expensive. And so we're seeing the effects of that. Um, unbelievable. Scary thing is, what are we going to see in the summertime when the peak demand season is? Peak demand and uh, and the low point in supply. What is going to happen June, July, August? these hogs it's frightening uh you know they're well over 100 now in the summer months so crazy times there i think cattle are pretty fairly priced in here even though box beef has has slid cash is uh you know steady to a touch higher last week um so packers are giving up a little bit of that margin finally they're getting you know obviously some some heat from uh you know being kind of anti-competitive and monopolistic and so they're giving up some of the margin. They've got a lot to give up. You know, a lot. Last I saw, it's estimated they're making six hundred and fifty bucks a head on cattle right now. So, uh, you know, I think cattle markets in in good position. We're up here near near highs. Probably could use a back off, much like we have seen in the in the bean market, the corn market. Just a, a little bit of a correction is is healthy. But I think the the whole protein complex, uh, you know cattle feeders and hogs for sure um i think are in for some good times in here uh, obviously feed costs have increased so that's that's a consideration and a concern but uh you know i think right now ag looks uh pretty healthy uh, for the time being uh you know whether that's row crop production or or livestock production um cow calf guy still is <clears throat> is hurting obviously with the with the drought situation and that's not fixed itself uh, very well in a lot of areas out West. So th that's maybe the, you know, the negative spot. Unfortunately, those guys have, have had a lot of pain here the last couple of years and it looks to maybe continue into this spring too. <coughs> yeah, we, that's uh, that's a true point. There's plenty of, plenty of drought out here where I'm at and hopefully we get some of these late spring storms to bring in some, some snow and some moisture to get that taken care of so all right chip so a lot of stuff going on right now you know you, we just talked about what was happening over here in the, in the markets with the hogs and, and the beef and start talking about what we see happening with grain and all these different moving parts that are out there what's some of the advice you're giving your your customers right now as you talk to them about making that plan and what that looks like i mean you talk about input costs that are you know double or triple what they were this time last year i mean if not even more than that. So, I mean, I guess what's some of that, that advice you're giving to some of your clients? Well, it starts with knowing where, you know, what your cost of production is, know your numbers <clears throat> and which is easier said than done. A lot of people know it spot on. Some people, uh, especially with higher input costs, they'll stick their head in their saying, yeah, I don't really want to crunch that number. That's a scary number. Uh, and, and it is. So know your costs and then you can develop a plan, right? And what we're also telling people is with this volatility that we expect, um, you know, be prepared. It's a multi-step process. You know, be prepared to make some sales or some, some, you know, put strategies to lock a floor in above break even 
and then use the volatility that we expect these big swings to position yourself so that you're you're right no matter what happens right you've got your profit margins locked in on the rallies you on the breaks you're coming in you're you're rolling puts down or you're you're adding calls to sales turn them in at a minimum price and then it doesn't matter if beans go to $26 a bushel and corn to 12 or if we roll back over and you know go back to $4 corn and $10 beans you're you're covered and that takes two or three steps at times so uh, that's kind of and it's hard to wrap your mind around you know um get ready for sticker shock cost of of options is is high because we're at high levels cost of crop insurance is going to be really high because we're you know going to have one of the highest well, beans, we're likely going to be able to insure the highest revenue ever uh, from through crop insurance. Corn will be one of the top three or four uh, that we've ever had. And so that means crop insurance is going to be more expensive. So it's it's hard to wrap your mind around, but uh, it really a plan is going to help keep you from kind of just being handcuffed from saying, what what do I do now? And, and uh, you know, sometimes when that happens, you, you stick your head in the sand and do nothing. and Oftentimes, that's the wrong thing. Yeah, absolutely, Chip. That's a, those are good good points because I mean, like you said, knowing knowing where you're at, you have to know where you're at to start, and that's that's the key point to that. So, if folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing at Blue Reef, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, the best way is just call us at the office three zero nine five five zero seven two one three. That's our uh, our main office uh, number in Morton, and uh, we'd love to chat with you. No. No pressure. Just uh, if you're interested in, uh, you know, a second set of eyes and ears on what you're doing and how you might be able to improve it, just uh, reach out. Give us a call. Right on. Well, Chip, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, Casey. It's always uh, always fun, and uh, this thing's going to continue to be really interesting for a few months that at is, a minimum. That is for sure. All right, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related and all the information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 6th, 7th, and 8th at the Hilton Hotel downtown. Um, all the information is up on the internet or on the internet, on the website, on the internet. Um, check that out uh go when you're on there you just go over to the moving iron summit page and all the information is there about how to register and those kind of things so if you're interested in doing that or need more information send me an email at moving iron podcast and moving iron podcast.com and i will be sure to get back to you so with that i am casey seymour with chip nellinger let's go with some iron folks out axon tire is going to have more tips tricks and client advice throughout the year and in september at the moving iron summit in nashville if you're looking to sign up for the event, please head over to movingironllc.com. We hope to see you there. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransitinc.com for all of your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Moving iron in the 21st century Hardworking people working hard for you and me Moving iron time and time again Through the years you'll find a seat